Hello and welcome to Mon the Workers. I'm Daniel Gray and in these special episodes of the podcast we'll be hearing from some of the people who spoke to me for an STUC book of the same name. That book, Mon the Workers, celebrating 125 years of the Scottish Trade Union Congress, is out now. Published by Lewith Press and available in all the usual places, it includes interviews with 75 trade unionists and portrait photographs of a further 50. Together, those 125 people represent a celebration of the STUC's 125th birthday. This time, we'll hear the words of Cole McHale, a young climate activist Cole was galvanised by the Fridays for Future School Strikes of 2019. COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference held in Glasgow in 2021, saw him and his fellow activists come together with trade unionists, casting a template for united action. Here, Cole begins by relaying the inspirations behind his trade union principles. My first awareness of, of trade unionism is an interesting one, because I think, I think, like, I think being young on the left in Scotland it's like you're kind of like no I, like I was I was I was to an extent I was brought up with it like you'd hear like like hearing stories about John McLean and um Red Clyde side the idea that you know Scotland Scotland nearly had its own revolution in 1919 with all these all these people in George Square and I think I think that kind of that that was what kind of raised my awareness of of trade unionism in Scotland anyway and then and then I think my my kind of involvement with it came when Corbyn got elected, I think, because because I noticed like and and you could see like I mean the war that was being waged against not just him but the people around him and you'd see the only the only people sticking by him were you know the unions Len and and Unite and for example CWU and what Dave Ward was doing and you, like these really really incredible groups of like from from my perspective at the time you know grassroots they were like the only people anywhere close to that kind of Westminster bubble if you like who had any kind of sense of what was going on the ground because they were so rooted in their communities and workforces and that that was that was really refreshing and then from there I kind of you know you learn more and you get involved and then you eventually join a union so I think I think that's where that's where my involvement and awareness came from yeah so so Fridays for Futures the the is the movement which came out of the school strikes that Greta Thunberg started in Sweden years ago and since then it's evolved into a kind of international movement in you know most countries throughout the world still kind of revolving around the idea of school striking on Friday but also kind of as that con as, as consciousness amongst young people develops not just of climate science but the sort of concept of climate justice is there's been a kind of the movement's grown from that original school strike movement to a kind of broader coalition of people, young people in the fight for system change, or at least that's what I like to, that's what I like to think of it as this kind of chart of progression. I think it'll keep going that way. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a movement of, of young people across the world, kind of raising awareness, I suppose, is, is the primary, primary aim just in the fight for, you know, climate justice. COP is a really interesting, it was a really interesting experience for me because it was like this incredible coalition came together of not just trade unions and climate activists, but migrants rights activists, anti-racism activists, tenants unions, like this incredible broad coalition of causes united under like one banner. And that, that was that was really incredible to be a part of. And you make connections, which I hope we'll take into, and I think we will take into the future. And that, that, that was really special because, you know, for so long, our kind of 
I don't know, during the pandemic, solidarity um, and the idea of it was so, so constrained. And it was literally just a slogan that you'd say there was no physical manifestation of it. And to come like straight from that to go to COP where, you know, you, you could turn up to a picket line and there'd be a huge amount of organizations there. And that would be reciprocated at your events was, was really, really special. And, um, you know, you got the sense of this mass movement and coalition that, that could, you know, make change. And so and I think that that leans into a bit about tactics, because I think that for so long, maybe we have, I think every movement is guilty of being isolated in its, in its struggles. And of course, that only puts us at a disadvantage because we're all, well, at more of a disadvantage. Um, so I think, I think like for, for so long, we fought our battles in isolation, but COP was, what was special about COP was that it, it didn't, it didn't feel like that. So that, that was quite something. The tactics of Fridays for Future as, as, as a movement, generally, you know, there, there was that, there was that school strike, which the, the, the school strike tactic, I suppose, which, um, you know, was incredibly popular in 2019 and rose, like raised a lot of awareness. And I, I think being honest, that's probably past its peak now because you know that that's that's what happens naturally. I mean, it's been going on for two years now, but but it's still effective and it still you know galvanizes people. And it's good to have a presence on the streets locally. People see you, people know who you are, and that's always important. Beyond that, rallying, organizing, building awareness, the, the usual stuff. But but I like to think, yeah, I like to think it's it's good. This was one of the um, things that we that we wanted to do during COP is to try and build a material link between climate and labour that hadn't existed in the past and we were guilty of not trying to build in the past. I think that, I mean, that's obviously so important because not just because it's one struggle, but because materially, if you want a radical just transition, there's going to there's gonna have to be a united front in the fight for that. So, so with that in mind, we... As, as it looked like there was going to be this massive industrial front organizing in Glasgow in the run up to COP when it looked like, you know, not just Caledonian sleepers, but Scott Rail workers across the country and we're going to be on strike and, you know, cleansing workers, potentially bus workers at one point. That so so we 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 sort of saw an opportunity to get more involved with that and to build those links. And that's that's sort of how we ended up at that RMT picket line because Caledonian sleeper workers, you know, um their fight is our fight that makes it sound incredibly incredibly you know cheesy but but climate justice means workers justice it means fair pay it means workers rights um and so so we went down to show our support and it was an incredible kind of night there's guilt on the side of on the side of the climate movement and you know historically like a kind of just just a general a general apathy and a general kind of the climate movement still has issues i think with a kind of parts of the climate movement without naming any names have this kind of middle class apathy towards a kind of general struggle and there's aspects there's and 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 sometimes in our methods like if you look at some of the targets that the climate movement has picked over the last couple of years they've been they haven't been appropriate they haven't been you know they haven't been good targets they haven't been legitimate targets they haven't been they haven't they haven't been targets of you know key polluters or you know decision makers who hold power they've been of working class people and and I think there's 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 a guilt on our side that you know but that's that's unfathomably wrong yeah I hope we'll kind of keep keep those connections going because I think they were really really valuable and then um, you know I think as as we go forward there's there has to be one united whether it's a movement or or 
kind of individual groups united under one banner, there has to be some kind of coalition that that makes the case for not not like a you know a radical if you like green new deal explicitly anti-capitalist green new deal which can unite which can unite people under under one banner and which can galvanize people for a movement and that, that has to as part of that it has to convene workers it has to convene young people and i think that that the roots for that were laid during during cop in scotland at least um and and i think that that was that was really really surprising in a way because it's this cop is like almost designed to be this incredibly alienating experience for like real people, if you like. You know, I mean, if you just look at some of the things that went on in Glasgow, tenants turfed out of their homes, you know, a free travel card for only delegates, limousines blocking like roads and women forced to walk home alone at night because world leaders were having dinner in Kelvin Grove, like a tour in Unlit Park. I think, so I think that even in the face of all of that, there was this kind of boundless solidarity. That that was that was really surprising, but I suppose that makes it all the more special. And I hope that that's something we can go forward with. Thanks for listening to the words of this episode's trade unionist. To read their story and those of 74 others, get your copy of Modern the Workers in all the usual places or ask your library to stock it.